This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. It's a um, a lovely, lovely day here in Naples. Very cold, but um, but crisp and sunny, and we're all, you know, in the in the lead up to the rush, <laughs> all, all in in need of a good holiday, I think. Um, certainly a bit of tech break would be good for me, I think. <laughs> yeah, for all of us. <laughs> How are you? Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm sorry that you all missed my introduction. Um, as I was saying, I, I, I think I've said it already, I couldn't think of a lovelier way to finish this year than having a, a, a chat to you, Lucy. Um, Lucy is um, an amazing person. She does hundreds and hundreds of different things and she does them all brilliantly. Um, I mentioned, I didn't, I mentioned to myself, I suppose. Um, I meant, I, for those of you who don't know Lucy, Lucy is based in Reggio Calabria in Italy. So further south than me. And I will ask her to tell you a little bit about where she works because it's amazing. Um, Lucy is, um, International House Director of Studies for the OTTI courses. Um, she is also the Social Media Coordinator for the IATFL Inclusive Practices SIG. She does lots of webinars. Um, she has a keen interest in technology and AI, I believe. That's right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lucy, tell me about about your your teaching journey to begin with mm, where yeah, did well, it start <laughs> oh gosh well it's a bit of a, a bit of a I suppose it's quite different to the typical um teaching journeys um so I well to, to, to go back I, after school um I, I left school and did a qualification in media studies um, which kind of involved film, radio, advertising, journalism, um, a little bit of sound engineering and things like that. But I can't remember much about it now. Well, you should be um, hosting the show, not me. <laughs> no, God, no, no, I was awful at it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then I, I basically spent a good sort of 10 years outside of education. Um, so I was working in lots of different kinds of jobs, actually. Um, I started off in retail. Uh, I worked in pubs and restaurants. I did holiday repping, um, DJing in nightclubs, <laughs> sales, and then went into uh, office temping. I did quite a lot of temping in accounting firms. So it was, I didn't really come from an educational background, but I gathered quite a lot of skills I would say from those uh from those positions which helped me in my teaching actually um but you know I kind of tried all these jobs and nothing was really right for me um and you know I do tend to get bored quite quickly Mm -hmm. um and I thought oh god you know I don't really want to be stuck in England it's grey it rains a lot (laughs) and so I thought (laughs) maybe I'll go abroad um so I decided I heard about this teaching qualification um and they were doing it uh, part-time over the course of a year so I could do it while I worked um and I did it at the University of Wolverhampton Mm -hmm. and I was really lucky actually because um 
my teachers there were really very, very experienced uh, English language teachers who'd come back to the UK uh, to settle in the UK after many years abroad. Um, so a lot of them were like ex-British council teachers. They'd, got, wow. they'd worked in lots of different contexts. So I was really, really lucky there. Um, and also because something that was really unusual at the time was that we were given a young learners module on our, um, it was a Trinity course actually, but yep. um, we were given a young learners module. So that was really useful. <laughs> um, Definitely, yes. Um, we'll get yeah. on to that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, when I finished that, I thought, okay, I'll go abroad. I had the choice between um, Colombia and Italy. I was choosing between those two. Um, but I was a bit, I was a bit scared about venturing outside of Europe for my mm. first um, teaching experience. So, so I, I, I seen this job advertised. I actually went through an agency. And I really yeah. liked it because, um, you know, it seemed like a very professional school. Um, I'd never heard of Reggio Calabria. I didn't know <laughs> where on earth it was, um, but it sounded really nice. So, uh, so yeah, I, I basically, I, I took the job there. That was almost 20 years ago. Um, can I just ask, can I ask you a question? I'm, mm -hmm. I, I have done this once. Did you fly to Reggio Calabria? <laughs> yeah, I did actually. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> incredible, but um, but I did. So I flew. Um... Can you can you tell me about the landing? It's <laughs> not many people well, know. <laughs> it is quite an unusual landing, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yes, it's, it's, a very, it's a very short runway. Um, and the pilots, I believe, well, I'm told. I don't know whether this is an urban myth or not, but um, I'm told they have to have a special license to be able to land in Reggio Calabria because they have to um, turn the plane around to be able to land on this very short runway. Um, so it's, it's quite an experience, isn't it? <laughs> it uh... is because the brakes just go boom and everyone <laughs> yeah, catapulted forward because it is such a short I, I think they do they do have to have a special license. I've heard that as well. Yeah. Um, and honestly to land there is is such an experience that that could go on 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 people's bucket lists fly to Reggio Calabria yeah. and try the shortest runway in the world it's hysterical yeah. <laughs> anyway keep going keep going with your journey sorry about that um yeah so I, that's it so I landed in Reggio Calabria and um it's it was I mean 20 years ago as well I'm not sure how much has actually changed in 20 years in Reggio but um you know it was it was not really the Italy that I'd kind of seen on TV. It's quite different. Um, it's, you know, it's very much Southern Europe. Um, mm. Probably, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess more similar to places like Croatia, maybe, or uh, even Romania, I don't know. But mm. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like the kind of stereotypical Italy. Um, but it's, you know, I really liked it because I think it's, you know, you've got, You've got the mountains here. You've got the sea. It's quite a quiet town, but at the same time, there's things to do and the people are friendly and the food is great as well. It's, <laughs> I think that's, it that's is brilliant. Thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you've, you've got a good mix of mountain and sea and there's really nothing um, you you can't eat. Um, and it's nice and spicy as well. It's brilliant. Yes, we have the induya, which is definitely <laughs> worth trying, unless you're a vegetarian. But <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really nice, spicy food. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, you, I, I visited your school many years ago. I can remember driving down. That was an adventure. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
um, yeah that was such an adventure I, I left I didn't have it was in sort of January I think I didn't have um, snow tires I didn't think I needed them because I was going south I thought it would be warmer and I just mm. remember driving through mountains there was rain hail snow and then there was <laughs> um, I think there was a, a um, it was Scirocco so my car was then covered in dust and then I oh. eventually got to got to Reggio um, oh, and then drove back <laughs> the next day so I spent more time That's in the really car than great. I did did in this in 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 the school but you have an exceptional view can you tell us about the view from your school yeah it's great so we've got um some of the rooms you just when you're teaching you're actually looking over at uh, Mount Etna in Sicily because the Sicily is so close that we can see it from our windows um and Etna especially I think my favorite time of the year is, is actually like this time of year um, or January, February. And you can see Etna really clearly with the snow on the top and the Messina Straits. It's just beautiful. It really is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're really lucky to have that view from the, uh, from the windows. Do you ever see it erupting? Yes, yeah. In fact, this year we saw it erupting, um, and it's quite it's quite surreal actually to uh, to watch a volcano, you know, in the dark with the orange lava spewing out of it. It's it's, it's a pretty <laughs> surreal experience, you know. You think you're so close to it, um, but beautiful as well, really. And you realise how powerful it is. And we get Etna dust as well when it's erupting. So if the wind's blowing in a certain direction, all our balconies get covered in in ash. Um, oh my so they're, they're just like black all the cars are black and everything around is, is just covered in ash yeah <laughs> I, I mean I live near a volcano but I'm kind of pleased it's well, not not active so yeah I've got a very famous <laughs> volcano there yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me okay can you tell me a little bit about what you do now yeah, so basically um, my role in the school, I mean, I've had different roles in the school over the years um, and I really, really like my current role, actually. So it kind of changes every year. Um, the title, the job title is Director of Innovation, which sounds really exciting, doesn't it? But it's not, yep. it's probably not <laughs> as exciting as it sounds. Um, and so basically I work uh, now, I work mainly on um, sort of, improving things introducing new courses or services or uh, you know looking at new ways of doing things seeing new markets and stuff like that um, and also um, I'm involved in sort of different projects as well each year mm. um, one of them is for example with work experience with local state schools um, so we do some we've done some uh, training with the, the students there, the teenage students on, on things like project management, um, marketing, video making and all that kind of stuff. Um, and also probably my favorite part as well, the recruiting. Um, so I recruit the teachers uh, because we do have, we have, well, I wouldn't say a big team, but we have sort of, you know, over 20 teachers. Um, and some of them, you know, they'll stay for a couple of years and then they'll decide to, to move on. Reggio is not to everybody's taste. You know, it's still quite mm. a small, uh, small city. Um, and so we do tend to recruit uh, each year. And, and that's, yeah, I really love that part of the job. It's, uh, what kind of things do you look for when you're recruiting? I think, I mean, attitude is probably the 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 big thing so I go a mm. lot into you know their personality and understanding 
also, you know, not just the personality, but how they would fit into our school. Um, mm. So in terms of, you know, how they'd fit into the team, you know, would they, they kind of work well with the people who are working with us at the moment? But also, I guess, um, you know, in terms of organisational culture, would they fit in? Is it the kind of school where they're going to flourish? Because um, we are quite, you know, we're quite a demanding school. We're quite demanding of ourselves as well. We like to do things really well. We like to constantly be learning and trying new things. But, yeah. of course, that can sometimes, you know, on the flip side, it could be a bit stressful. So, mm. um, you know, we, we, yeah, we take that into account a lot. So I think personality is, is you know, the big thing. Um, and also obviously qualifications and experience are extremely important too um but you know even with the best qualifications and experience if we think somebody's not going to be happy with us we we won't we won't recruit them yeah i think yeah that's that's wonderful i love the idea that you you look for someone who's going to flourish i don't think everybody has that attitude towards their their teaching staff and it, it's a really nice nice priority um mm. and i think teachers do flourish there don't they 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 get quite a lot of of good in-house training and mm -hmm. further training opportunities am i mistaken there definitely yeah i mean i think when we do the this we sort of get the feedback from teachers i think one of the key things is you know they really appreciate the professional development um mm. and i mean even from when i started i can remember we you know the school would pay for pretty well-known trainers i mean we had um in my first i think my first or second year um mario rinvaluku came to do a workshop just for our teachers so that you know things like that which are wow. really great opportunities so you know the the the, the owners really invest a lot in professional development, which is, is great. And also, you know, something else that I, I like about the, the sort of culture of the school is that they will try to use all your skills. So, you know, we've got a lot of people who have some great skills outside of teaching um, and that can really help, you know, so then they might want to get involved in coordinating events or, or doing a bit of the marketing or writing blog posts and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think that's, um, you know, a lot of the teachers appreciate that and it is definitely a place you can, you can develop because we've got a lot of different path types as well. Um, so, you know, we go from very young learners up to adults. We've got general English exam preparation and, um, you know, a lot of different, we also work with the local state schools as well. So we sort of, now we're teaching maths and biology and history also in, in local state schools. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for growth. Fantastic. Um, tell me a little bit about, I mean, obviously innovation, it must have been quite an interesting um, year for you in terms of, of innovating just the teaching, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> how, how have you got on with that? Um, well, it, I mean, it's lucky, actually, that, you know, the school has, we've always kind of taken and we've always wanted to innovate. Um, so we were quite lucky that when we when we actually moved online in uh, was it February 2020, um, we'd already we'd already used like some of us had done a certificate in online tutoring uh, through Otty. So we'd already been familiar with zoom through that mm. although obviously we had to you know we had to get used to using it all the time um <laughs> which was a bit you know like everybody else i think we're just thrown into it um and just learning from experience but um it's been great for us actually in the sense that we've 
it's forced us to move things online that we'd said for years and we must we must move our tests online we must do mm. this online and it's kind of pushed us into doing that so we, it probably would have taken us years to do what we've actually done in the last 12 months so, yeah. so you know it's definitely been good any anything obviously there are things that people keep is there anything that you're moving back to are you are you face to face at the moment or are you more hybrid a mixture of both um mm. so we we're not sure at the moment I mean you know I think the situation is probably quite similar in in Naples but we're not sure at the moment what's going to happen after Christmas mm. um because the state schools may perhaps decide to go back later and have online lessons until then which affects some of our teachers who are teaching in the state schools yeah um so yeah, it's a bit of a mix of both. We've got teachers doing hybrid where there are students in quarantine um, and there are quite a few of those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and we've got, yeah, we've also got, I mean, we've got courses that we actually offer as online anyway as well. Um, so for example, I teach on, on quite a lot of online courses uh, because I, I really like teaching online. Mm. Um, and these are students who choose to study online that we've got students who are based in Rome, in, in Milan. And, and, you know, they're sort of sometimes they're students who were with us before they want to continue with us, but they move city. So this is you know, moving online has been great because it's meant that they can still continue to study with us. That's incredible. That's, I mean, that, you must be doing something right if they're, if they're wanting to do that. That's, um, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, Lucy, tell me a little bit about um, OTTI. Um, one, what does it stand for? And, and tell me a little bit about that. Mm, well, that's the IH um, Online Teacher Training Institute, um, I think. I hope I got that right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so is this, this, is, you know, is this, this is extra to your, your work in the school? Correct. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so, <laughs> I keep myself busy, don't you? I don't know how you do it, but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I don't know either. But, um, so yeah, basically, I've been uh, working with them since two thousand and nineteen, um, and they do a range of of different courses. Um, they're asynchronous courses, but there are with some of the courses there are asynchronous elements as well. There are live sessions uh, each week. Um, but I started out teaching on the Director of Studies course, which is the 12-week course for, for teachers moving into DOS roles mm -hmm. or those who are already in it but wanted to learn a bit more. Um, and then I moved on to teaching in the, uh, on the Certificate of Online Language Teaching. Mm -hmm. um, again, I, could, I might have got that a little bit wrong, but I'm sure I'll uh, <laughs> told it is um and uh that was sort of you know in a, february march 2020 when there's suddenly everybody had to go online there was a huge demand for that course so Absolutely. i then moved on to that one which was great actually because you know it there were so many people from so many different backgrounds and with lots of different experience that it was you know the the courses are based on, they basically have um, inputs each week. So you have a module each week where there's input and reading and videos and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as well as that, you've got discussion forums, which is where you discuss the input with the other course participants and with the tutor as well. So the tutors are there pretty much every day commenting on posts and so on. Um, and it was it just it's just amazing what you learn even as a tutor from these discussions. Um, it's you know it's really it's really useful. 
And then after that, um, you know, for the past year or so, I've been working on these short courses for academic managers. Um, and they're great because you can just kind of, they're six week courses, you choose just the ones that interest you. So there are different areas which are related to academic management. So customer service, there's marketing and finance, observation and feedback, which is a really, really mm, popular one. Your popular uh, one. Yeah, definitely. Um, change management as well. That actually, that one starting in January, I think. I'm not sure there might be places left on that. Um, and uh, basically, if you complete or successfully complete five modules, you then get the IH World Diploma in Academic Management. Yep. Um, and they're just great courses. They were written by um, Maureen McGarvey. Um, I've met Maureen. She's wonderful. Yeah. She's great, isn't she? She's yeah. so knowledgeable about ELT management. She's got such a lot of experience. Um, so the input is fantastic. Um mm. And as I say, the discussion forums are just are just great. And you have assignments as well each week, which you you know you have to hand in and they're marked and uh, you complete a final portfolio you, at the end. And you do that, yes. Yes, yeah. You, you yeah. correct. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so you manage the in, in so was that sort of two three o'clock in the evening? Your <laughs> it is, yeah, quite often you're finding like, oh Lucy times of the day. But I've kind of I've kind of switched it around. So I used to do it in the evening. Now I try to get up really early and do a little mm. bit in the in the morning. I just find I'm a little bit more productive um, yep. in the morning. But yeah, so it's <laughs> strange hours. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Lucy, I'm going to just hold the conversation for a minute and I'm mm -hmm. going to play the news. Um, I'm going to try and play it through my phone. So I do apologize for the sound quality. Um, and I will see you back in about seven minutes. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the program for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cats. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, the SSTA union is calling for a delayed opening for schools after the Christmas holidays because of the Omicron variant. Seamus Searson, General Secretary of the Scottish Secondary Teachers Association said, if the numbers keep going up, and it looks like that is going to be the case for some time to come, 
then we are not going to be in a fit state to reopen schools as normal in January. We're already hearing of schools that are not fully staffed and parents are keeping their kids off to ensure they don't catch COVID in the run up to Christmas. The idea that we need to keep schools open at all costs just doesn't add up. Delaying the start of the new term would give teachers more time to prepare for mitigation measures. A Scottish Government spokesman said, the Scottish Government is not considering school closures. As the First Minister has made clear, protecting the education of children and young people remains a top priority. England, a teaching union has warned of a perfect storm of Omicron-related absences, following Nadeem Sahawi's letter to school leaders urging them to encourage ex-teachers back to the classroom. General Secretary of the NAS UWT, Dr Patrick Roach said, far more action is needed to improve the current market for supply teachers, which is nothing short of a national scandal. The government must address the delays with the DBS clearances and meet the costs of DBS certification so those teachers who do return to the profession are not left paying the bill. Dr Roach said that without guarantees from the government on teachers' pay and working conditions, the teaching supply crisis will continue for some time to come. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This week we're going to look at one of the simplest, freely available, yet least used browser technologies, the Reader View. Chrome versus Edge, let the battle commence! On screen one, I have Microsoft Edge, weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. On screen two, I have Google Chrome, also weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. Round one, opening reader view. On the Edge browser, the immersive reader feature is built in and can be activated by a button on the address bar, by typing read followed by a colon in front of a URL, and also you can simply press F9. Before you can open reader view in Chrome, you have to install it as an extension. It's free and not difficult. Once installed, you'll find it in extensions located to the right of the address bar. One point to Immersive Reader. Round two, features. Both come out fighting with the read aloud feature that allows the user to adjust the read speed, skip forward and back, and change the voice that is reading. They both also highlight the word being read. Chrome Reader has a volume control, which is a nice touch if not using headphones. One point, Chrome Reader. Round three, readability. A big feature for reader views is the ability to change the formatting to suit the user. Both allow easy changing of font size, font and text width on the screen, but they differ in background colour features. Here is where Immersive Reader offers quite a bit more. Chrome Reader offers eight background slash contrast colours, four light and four dark. Immersive Reader provides 23 background options, green, pink, yellow and blue included, allowing pupils with visual needs to find a comfortable colour. One point, Immersive Reader. Round four, editing. Chrome Reader features a design mode. This allows you to highlight text and make changes. Quite useful if wanting to pick out key points to return to. Immersive Reader does not have this feature. One point Chrome Reader. Round five, extra features. Immersive Reader has a grammar feature allowing words to be split into syllables. You can highlight nouns, verbs, adjectives and adverbs by flicking switches. 
all-purpose feature is not offered on Chrome Reader. One point, Immersive Reader. Immersive Reader also offers reading preferences, featuring line focus of five, three, or one line, blocking out the rest of the page. There's a picture dictionary, allowing some words to change the pointer to a magic wand that reveals a picture depicting it. Also, there's a translation feature allowing partial or full translation of a page into 88 different languages at the click of a button. Chrome Reader does not offer these features, however, other free products such as Google Translate could be used. Immersive Reader takes the point because you don't need to leave the page. Final score! Winning with 4 points to 2 after a blistering final round is Microsoft Immersive Reader, but let's face it, most people don't know these things exist. If you were one of them, please do something about it. See if these features are installed in your school, and if not, request they are. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, and we're back. Um, Hello. <laughs> hi, Lucy. <laughs> Just thinking, actually, um, that leads quite nicely onto your um, your IATEFL role. Um, that those tech suggestions sound um, pretty good, particularly yeah. for learners with um, with difficulties. Um, he always amazes me um, with two minute tech tips. He there's so much there that you need to go back and listen to it again or look at it again. Um, I didn't know you could do all those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was really, that was a lot in two minutes, wasn't it? That was uh, but <laughs> so, it's so useful. And, and as he says, you know, we don't know about these things, do we? So no. It was really, really interesting, that, actually. Well, just things like changing font and changing backgrounds are, are really, um, really sensible and useful things. Um mm. Obviously, if if you know about it, I don't know about you, but um, I ha have some learners that have difficulties. But I'm not. It's not always communicated from the start. Mm. It's difficult to know how to accommodate them. Anyway, tell me about your your role for <clears throat> IATEFL Inclusive Practices um, SIG. <laughs> Yeah, so this is quite a recent thing. So um, I think it was July, August. Um, so I joined the the Inclusive Practices and Special Educational Needs Committee. Um, and it's not, I mean, it's definitely not an area that I knew a great deal about. So, you know, at first I was kind of a little bit hesitant. Do, should I do this? Because I, I'm not an expert in, in either Inclusive Practices or SEN. Um, but it's a really good way actually to learn more about it. So the role that I, I volunteer for is uh, social media coordinator. Mm -hmm. um, and the only reason I kind of went for that was because, um, you know, somebody had suggested, well, you know, you're on Facebook quite a lot. <laughs> um, so I thought, well, yeah, I guess I do kind of, I am on there quite a lot. So I'll try it. Um, and, you know, I've learned so much from already just a few months of being with that group because I didn't, I didn't really fully understand what inclusion was. Um, and, you know, I think something that's been really enlightening is that the groups taught me how to make social media posts more inclusive. Um, it was a bit of a revelation wow. because, 
yeah, you don't you don't think about things like, you know, is is this post accessible to everybody? Um, so, for example, you know, I create little videos and things, but the videos aren't read by the readers um, in the same way that, you know, the text post is read by Facebook. Um, so, you you know, then I realised, OK, we have to add audio to it so that you know, visually impaired students can can actually interact with the video content as well. Mm-hmm. Um and also, you know, even things like we, we use uh, a special font, um, which is easy to read for dyslexics. We put it on a on a uh, pastel background rather than, you know, very contrasting colours, which could which could be really difficult to read. Um, and also some really surprising things that I learned, like with hashtags, unless, you know, if you've got a hashtag that's about four or five words long, if you don't capitalise each the the first letter of each word it's actually really difficult when they're being read by by a reader um it doesn't it doesn't realize that those are separate words so it's very difficult to understand so just something as simple as making sure that all the words in the hashtag have a capital letter can really make a difference to somebody who's who's visually impaired fascinating i also i noticed for example on instagram they ask for a description of the photo um Mm. And not everybody does that. I often forget when I'm posting to Me do too. things like that. Yeah, exactly. um, and it's really something that I, I need to make more of an effort because I am not, yeah. in, I'm excluding people. Yeah, I mean, unintentionally, but of course, yeah. It's, mm. it, there's, there's a great, um, there's some resources actually on the on the Ipsen uh website about how to uh to use social media um in a more inclusive manner um mm. so definitely you know they're free resources and anybody can go there and just uh, download them so i definitely recommend that brilliant thank you for that um also your interest in artificial intelligence mm. um you you've been you have been active recently but in the past you have um can you just tell me um your thoughts on mm. artificial intelligence replacing teachers. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll start off by saying I'm not, I'm not an expert. So it's an interest, but I'm not <laughs> certainly, I'm not, I'm not an expert <laughs> in it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really interested in this. I don't think, I mean, my, my opinion is that, you know, it'll never replace teachers, um, but it is something that we need to think seriously about because it will, it will, and it already is to some extent being used in the classroom, but it will be, really important because it's being used so much outside of the classroom that sort of changes students expectations about Mm. what should happen inside the classroom so uh, to give you an example you know students will expect to receive immediate feedback even on things like writing Um, and we know I mean there are already AI programs which will mark your writing like Cambridge write and improve That's right. and, yeah. and things like that um, so the more they use it outside of uh, outside of the class the more they expect it inside the class and things like keeping track of student data you know parents of children for example will be expecting to access registers online mm. um, and to see information given in real time so I think it's going to affect expectations for sure from students Mm. Um, and I think the, you know, what will happen is that we'll be working alongside it. It's not going to replace us. We will be working alongside it, but it will probably have implications in the sense that, 
schools will will see that some things can be automated yeah so what they may do is you know they may have a teacher who is in class for less time and some of the work that the teacher used to do is instead done perhaps on a computer or with some form of artificial intelligence and perhaps guided by somebody who's not a qualified teacher because obviously that saves money as well doesn't it a lot of when there's a lack of teachers it does kind of it, it's sort of like going backwards you know in a sense do you remember the old um, language laboratories where yeah. students would come in and listen to cassettes and do exercises um, yeah that's right isn't it? I think that's something that, that's that's a really good point because I think it's something we've got to be careful of is that it's not I mean I you know how is it designed as well I think we've got to ask a lot mm. of questions because if I think to myself, okay, if I'm a student and I'm just given a load of exercises to do, even if they're, you know, even if they use adaptive learning, so they're, they're personalized supposedly for my weaknesses, even yeah. in that case, if there's no kind of teacher who's motivating me or, or checking this, I'm probably not really going to do it. I'm not going to be that motivated. No. So, you know, it still really, really needs a human touch, definitely. Yep. Mm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, when we spoke um, the other day, you mentioned a, a conference that's coming up um, mm. that you'll be speaking at. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is um, an IH. Uh, so IH World every every year they run um, what's called an, uh, the Conference for Academic Management and Trainers, and it's a week long conference that's held uh, for members of the IH network for all the DOSs and so on. And normally, in normal times, we'd all get together in London for a few days and and have loads of interesting sessions and so on. <laughs> um, but obviously now it's it's online at the moment. Mm. Um, but because it's online. Um, um, last year, what they decided to do was to open one of the days uh, to everybody, so to, to academic managers or anybody interested in that field. Um, and, and it's completely free and it's a day of talks. Um, so that's on the 20, Saturday, I think, Saturday, the 22nd of Second. January. Yep. The 22nd, yeah. Yep. And um, it's open open to everybody. So um I uh, there's George Pickering is the is the first plenary speaker, so he's got a lot of um, a huge amount of experience in ELT team management, um, and then there's uh, also Marie Willoughby um, from IH London, and uh, she's speaking about imposter syndrome, which I think is a really interesting topic. Um, so that'll be uh, fascinating. Um, and then, yes, finally, I'll be kind of talking um, about actually innovation <laughs> um, and, you know, what might be coming next and the kind of implications that might have for uh, for managers and for trainers. So, yeah, completely free, 22nd of January. You can register uh, via the IH World website. That sounds fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think after I spoke to you, I, I did sign up to, to <laughs> join because it, it sounds really, really, really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think it, there, w- there should be as well some some input from DOSs around the IH network, I believe. So uh, I think there'll be quite a lot of useful tips from diff- people in different contexts too. Yeah, I mean they do they do um, fantastic work, IH. Um, Yes. There's lots. Um, they offer a lot, and and um, 
very, very active. It's really, really nice to see um, mm. them them sharing and and um, and doing it. I'm really sorry. That's my dog. <laughs> he's, he's, he's saying yes. Yeah. I think no, she's. Um, <laughs> I think there's usually someone. Um, there's usually someone. Uh, what, am I, what am I saying? That there's either a cat. Or a bad thing. I've just heard the doorbell go. Um, <laughs> I think it's like a kind of Pavlov's dog. <laughs> I'm really sorry about this. I'm really, really sorry. Um, it's usually me with a courier or somebody. Well, that's what I, I think it probably is. The timing's just dreadful. They always do it when you you can't answer. Yeah. Maybe you could. Um, maybe. You, you could um, you could tell a quick joke. <laughs> That's, people, yeah, people who 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 know Lucy well, she is famous for for her jokes and her puzzles. Um, <laughs> yeah, not 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 to get people too excited. They're not very high quality ones. Um, um, I'm just trying to think of, think of a joke. Oh, I've got a Christmas joke. I mean, it's a very old one, but um, what's what's the best Christmas present in the world? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is it? It's a broken drum because you just can't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no dear me. No, no, no. <laughs> There was a um, there was a program earlier this week on on Teachers Talk Radio where they people phoned in and gave <laughs> yeah we've just got an, a, a, a laugh and a, um, <laughs> and an awful <laughs> dearie me <laughs> um, but no there there are loads and loads of those they do they really remind me of my grandpa he he was famous for his dreadful jokes and at Christmas he was always on a bit of a roll. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpas are like that, aren't they? I mean, that's what they doing. are indeed. <laughs> I'm going to move on to some lighter, um, lighter questions. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, um, what is your favourite word? Oh, gosh, that's a really, a really difficult question. Um, because it, it seems to change. Um, I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for learning <laughs> because I think ah. I mean, it's not really my favourite word in the sense of the letters and the sounds, but um, I think it's it's my favourite word in terms of sort of concepts. Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> if well, that's you're you're, you're in the right you're in the right prof- profession, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you facilitate. <laughs> well, hopefully. <laughs> On a regular basis. <laughs> no, on the day. <laughs> I mean, I think it's really nice that you, I mean, you do, you, you still teach, but you're also helping so many other people to develop as teachers and, and going back to that word flourishing, which is um, a word that I like a lot. Um, Rachel Roberts um, is actually changing her business to that, um, to Flourishing oh, really? Foundations. Just changing oh, the name, wow. um, and flourishing is a really, really, um, really important word. And and from you know, just your students to to um, helping teachers move on in their careers, it's um, fantastic, good, great. Mm. Um, if you could have a superpower, Lucy, what would it be? Um, 
I think I would like the superpower to be able to remember everything, um, everything I read. Um, <laughs> I, I forget yeah. things very easily. So, like, I read something, I think, God, that's really interesting. And then, you know, a, a week or two later, I've completely forgotten it. So I don't know whether it's my age now or not, but I would really like to be able to remember everything. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think um, Anne, Robinson, Anne Robinson has a really good strategy for that. Um, right. When she's reading something, she has a folder on her browser and she puts it in for later. She saves it there. And so then when she thinks about, when she's got free time and she wants to think about things, she goes back to it. I thought that's, that's a really, good really idea, clever. I do use Google Keep quite a lot for mm. remembering like content, so things that I might want to post uh, later. I do use Google Keep quite a lot. I love that. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it's then, the problem is then I don't remember that I've put it into Keep. And so... <laughs> <laughs> My memory just works again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, look, there's Harry. Hello, Harry. My read remember folder always gets forgotten too. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, no. I think, I mean, I think we are so, we are inundated with, um, with information and there is a lot of content there. Um, mm. I'm actually going, I have a pile of, paper to read mm. over the holidays and I'm going to do that I'm going to try and take a little bit of a digital detox yeah, good um, and just just take a break um, also because my ears hurt having headphones on all the time <laughs> and yeah it's more tiring than it sounds isn't it yeah yeah yep, I think um, you know I think we heard the news I think Scotland and, and the UK are are going back to um, or thinking about going on to online teaching, staying away from school for a little while. And I suppose we'll find out. Italy is, is unique, isn't it, in that we find out a few days beforehand. Yes, yeah, <laughs> even a few hours before. What the yeah. situation is going to be. <laughs> and then it changes. <laughs> it's constantly looking for these documents with the updated. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then and then no one really knows what they're doing. Um <laughs> what is what policy and what you know, what is the situation? It is um it is and it's not not helped by um WhatsApp parents groups <laughs> who oh, get confused. Yes, awful aren't they i wish they'd ban them <laughs> harry says spain are the same he's just given mm -hmm. up listening and avoids people <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's just sound advice in general isn't it <laughs> that's, that's gonna be my christmas plan <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me yeah but harry's lucky because he lives in a village so he can i mean here oh. i'm not um, Metro Calabria is pretty densely populated, isn't it? Well, it's kind of spread out. Um, so the you know the actual centre itself isn't too isn't too busy. But I actually live in uh, the suburbs, so it's quite it's quite quiet where I am. But um, it's kind of a little bit like living in I don't know. It's like having the FBI around you or something because everybody knows what you're doing all the time. There's like <laughs> we don't need any kind of surveillance or intelligence here because we've got I've just got my neighbours. 
So um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a small, a small village, but uh, yeah, not so easy yeah. to avoid people. <laughs> well, I'm in the centre here. But it's like a, um, it is like a small village because everybody knows what you're doing, where you are, what you do. Um, my sister said, "How can you stand, you know, going shopping and doing all of this?" Because, and I actually really like it because I talk to my fruit <laughs> man and I talk to my butcher, and it's, I it, it does. Talk to your fruit then. No, I, I, that's it is it's sort of it is village life, but it's. Uh, very densely populated so that's why we're always the first to kind of shut down because people are literally living on top of each other here and it's you know if it flares up again then it's just the system the health system can't cope Um, I hope that things will improve though and that maybe as with the 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 Spaniola that maybe this is its its final mutation and it's going to, you know, just go back to being normal flu. That's my hope. Yeah, it's not a theory. It's not a <laughs> – um, but apparently with the Spaniola, that's what happened. It just kind of remutated itself until it became just a, a normal flu. Oh, let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think I think we I think we deserve that now. I think we deserve you know, to to kind of find some some type of normality. So yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm optimistic about 2022. I think it's uh, you know after Easter, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Here's to here's to well, we don't have a crystal ball. Um, what thinking positively though? Have you planned any trips for next year? That's my... Well, I mean, the only one that I've actually booked, well, I haven't booked the flights, but the only one that, that is, is fairly sort of concrete at the moment is, is uh, IA Tefl in May. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of, we've booked our accommodation. That's as far as we've got so far, me and a, a couple of colleagues. Mm. Um, so, you know, we're hoping that that will happen. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward, to, I hope, to going to uh, back to the UK in uh, at Easter. So, yeah, we'll just keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> Harry said he'll, he'll see you there. He's just booking his trains to get there. Oh, brilliant. See you there. <laughs> Let's keep our fingers crossed, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I, – I don't think I can make it because of the, the timing. That's my last week at uni. So I think yes. if I left my students, they'd be furious. But it you never know. Yeah, you just yeah, never exactly. know. Who knows? Mm. So. Who knows? We'll see how see how it gets on. Um, oh my goodness, we we haven't. Um, okay, I've got one more question for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, if you were a type of food, what type of food would you be? Oh, I love these kind of questions. Um, I think. Um, what would I be? Uh, I've really got to think about this. Um, I think I would be a uh, fusilli pasta <laughs> because <laughs> I'm usually quite reliable, like pasta. It's quite sort of dependable, isn't it? It's always, yep. you know, I'm quite versatile, uh, but at the same time, uh, sometimes I'm a little bit 
weird uh, like fiddly is a bit weird isn't it it's kind of curly and uh, strange so yeah as you can tell from this answer <laughs> obviously um so yeah uh, um i will i'm sure that as soon as we stop speaking i'll think ah oh, damn i wish i'd said something else but yeah for the moment i'm going with fusilli pasta what about you jane what would you be um probably an avocado <laughs> oh nice what, what yeah. why an avocado I don't know, just like them. And if I had to choose to be <laughs> some kind of food, yeah, <laughs> sort of round and um, tasty and, and, yeah, that's me, <laughs> an avocado. Nice. I don't know, as a kid, um, growing up in Australia, we had all different kinds of avocados. Really? And, yeah, and there are these miniature avocados that are delish um, and you don't actually – they don't have a seed, they're just tiny um, yeah. Um, right. I am. I have someone who is really hassling me um, and ringing my doorbell madly. So yeah, I'm going really to. Um, and now they're calling me. Um, oh. So I am going to thank you so much for your time today, Lucy. Well, and, thank you, um, Jane. It's been lovely speaking to you. It's been gorgeous and, and I could talk to you all day um, and I yeah. hope to catch up with you very, very soon um, yes. and sort of see see you in person. That would be, just be so nice. It would be great, wouldn't it? Yes, <laughs> gosh. We just, and have yeah. some Calabrian food or you can come to Naples and have some Neapolitan food. Oh, we'll have some, we'll have some fizzily. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Thank you. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your, your really, really interesting teaching and learning journey. Um, mm -hmm. and, and keep up the jokes and, <laughs> and the, the puzzles I find. It, <laughs> yeah, I find it really, I find them really, really challenging. <laughs> I'm not I've good. Got, I'm I've not more good. more to come over Christmas. I've got more time, so I'm going to be puzzling a lot. <laughs> And I will see you very, very soon. Um, have a have a great holiday. Have um, have a lovely time. Stay safe, um, everyone here. Yeah, stay safe, please. <laughs> and here's to a, a, a much happier and um, more interesting 2022. Oh yes. Definitely. I'll second that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, happy Christmas, uh, Jane, and anybody else who's listening. And, uh, yeah, here's to 2022. Here it is. Yep. Merry Christmas, everybody. And um, we will see you in the new year um, in January, 5th of January. Um, and I will be speaking to um, Sofia Leone <laughs> about her yeah. teaching journey, coaching journey, and um writing a book publishing a book wow. <laughs> okay um take care everybody and thank you very much for listening merry christmas and stay safe everyone bye lucy you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.